Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Chill. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you, live and in living color, and you're rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm Santuan. I'm Antoine. And we're the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's the lifestyle. Our lifestyle. A lifestyle. How that lifestyle been treating you? Okay, so this is a, a testament to what the Connected Experience is, right? Okay. So the first time we met our guest, she brung, uh, she came through, and she was just a, she was assisting somebody. Then we, uh, she came through, she hit us up one day like, hey, do y'all want to interview somebody else? I'm going to come through with that. So this whole time, we like, yo, we know her from somewhere. From somewhere. Like, like yeah. we've been around her. And so she hit us up and said, well, she releasing a book. So we say, we can't get, we got to get her to like the, the real treatment. Yo, send a bio. So she sends her bio. Yeah. Yeah. I read the bio first and I call my brother and I say, hey, this is the most interesting woman I've ever met in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. not because you hear. I'm like, before I read the bio, what did I say? I said, dog, I had, I've been I listening to their podcast and all of that. I say, yo, this is the most interesting woman I ever met in my life. And it was because everything that you set out to do, you excelled at. You know what I'm saying? Which is... Us, we creatives, we all of that. So we know what that means to be able to excel at everything that you set out to do. Mm -hmm. But before even excelling at any of that, like you got your own story. So we got you here for you this time. And we want to talk to, we talking to Elizabeth Hostick. Say it again. Hookstra. So it's like you hook the yeah, hook, okay, hook. Okay, Hookstra. <laughs> yeah, you got to unpack like our intro. Like you <laughs> <hook the> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I got to. Everybody gets it wrong, so. Yeah. Right, so. You we know want, why? Because we we looking at H-O-E-K. H-O-E-K, yeah. yeah so it sounds said. like Hookstra. So a lot yeah. of people say Hookstra. Some yeah. people say Hockstra. Yeah. Yes. Now what's really interesting is when we, the first time we seen you, when we, when you were uh, assisting someone, I said to my brother, Bro, I seen her at St. Andrews before. That's the first thing I said when when we was in the car together. I said, "Bro, I seen her at St. Andrews before." Mm, probably, yeah. Right, but then I remember then when I heard you talk on uh the podcast you were on like I think it was the first episode and you were talking about who you were mm. and I, and you said something like <laughs> I used to work at St. Andrews. Did you did you host the Hip Hop Awards or something down there in yeah. like 05 or some shit? Yeah, it was yeah. 06. Yeah, 06. 06. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wow, said to my brother, yeah, yeah, I said to my brother, we was there. I said I seen her and then when I heard you say that there I said I told you. You know what I'm saying? So then I was talking to my cousin and I was like because we uh we this was last week mm -hmm. i was like man we about to interview uh liz you know liz he was like bro you don't remember her she we was at the party at thai birthday party she was there he like she done been on tv but this was all before the bio <laughs> oh. you feel what i'm saying and then when we first read the bio and i'm like yo my brother is right like she is like really interesting and it's just how cool like i remember you from back then and it's like how cool just reading the bio from back then to now to see like all the stuff you've done and that was dope to me so let's let's really get into it though like let's talk about growing up like so what area are you really from you're not from the detroit area right no no so i actually was born in korea so i was over in korea okay. for the first three months of my life and then i grew up in lansing yeah so, so right outside lansing actually so uh be, do you know your biological parents i do not know does that ever do you ever think about that like do you want to get to do you want to see anything about them or you know, know what I, I i do but at the same time i i, I did regression work through yeah. you know my work and i know for a fact that my mother she just wasn't she it was it was a necessity for her to give me away basically right so right. i don't know if i want to really you know unhash those little you know issues maybe even just because yeah, i'm for, cool you yeah, know yeah, i'm all right yeah. i'm going right. actually to korea in six weeks have you been to korea before no, or this is your first time back. Going? yeah yeah i have oh, not been back yeah. since i was born. So don't be some tears yeah but you're american yep, so this yep. is the example of a korean american yeah yeah, 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 yeah. because yeah. we had this conversation about like people call themselves african-americans not knowing no you're full-blooded american because you've never been to africa so an uh, african-american is somebody who's first generation african or they came from africa and became an american mm. citizen right mm. so uh growing up in lancer were you raised by white people white or people white people, white people. So, so yeah it was really odd you know it, it's just I've been confused kind of my whole life because yeah. 
I was raised by a white family, but then I moved out when I was 14 and I started, I lived with, um, with my ex who was black. And then when I got to be of age, I think I moved out at 17. I moved in with him like for good because I got... It was I got kicked out of the place where I was at when I was 14. So yeah. <laughs> I went back home and then I went to boarding school and then I moved in with my my ex from high school who was a black family. And yeah. then I moved to Detroit. Yeah. So it's just my whole Super life black. has been a very confu- yeah, yeah, very yeah. confusing yeah. for me Not, to be honest. Since since you cuz you obviously you were adopted, that's how you got with a white family. Mm. Now they adopted you straight when you came from Korea. That's who you were with. They yes. so they came like and got you. Well, I I th- they shipped me over on a plane, I think. And, but um, it was specifically for that yeah, family. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yep. when you hear stuff like that, like now that you've grown, you got your own child, and it's not a, a knock against your mother because we don't know what was happening in Korea at the time. Right. But this is a side note, right? My mom's name is Kimmy, right? Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was in the Korean War. My mother's name is Kimmy because my grandfather and them uh, like basically took over a village, right? Because yeah. people got to know what's really happening in right, these right, places. Right. But they wouldn't harm any of the children. So he used to say he had 28 children in Korea, but it was the kids from the village. Oh, and the yeah. oldest one name was Kimmy, and he named my, my mom that. Oh, wow. Yeah, Because he said he wasn't going for that. Like, yeah. we not harming no kids. So he, right. like... All the time he was over there in the village, he said, like, all of these kids his. And he was, like, one of them people, like, if wow. you go try to do something to them, you're yeah. going to have to do something to me. But the oldest name was Kimmy, uh-huh. and that's my mom's name. Oh, but wow, what I was going to say, story. like, now that you were a daughter and you see that, like, how do you feel about your journey, per se? Because, like, essentially they had to, like, order you, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, because you've done so much work, because when we met you— uh, from listening to the other podcast, you actually been working on yourself for about 10 plus years. Yeah, yeah. So you had to come to grips with all of this stuff because you have to find out who you are. Because right. you just said, I'm raised by, I'm Korean, raised by whites in Lansing, uh-huh. moved in with a black family yeah. who's my boyfriend's family. So uh-huh. I don't know how they look at me. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you just a little, they probably thought you was Chinese because yeah. they think every right. Asian, Asian is Chinese. 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 You know what yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. So like, how do you, like when you were working on yourself, how did you cope and deal with that? Oh, man. I mean, that was that was something I really had to come to terms with, because when you have trauma, right, you you have triggers. It causes triggers. And so I would get so triggered about abandonment whenever I feel like someone's abandoning me, like throughout my whole life. And I'm like, why do I feel Feel like like this so badly when my parents, you know, my white family, they didn't kick me out. You know, I I decided to move out when I was 14. They just, you know, they they was it was it other not to cut you off, but did they adopt other kids or did they have their brother? My brother is adopted, too. He's five years older than me. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is he yo actual brother or no? Okay, he's, it's not, he's from not, Chile. Yeah, oh, that's what I was about to say. Was mm-hmm. he was he whiter? You know what I'm saying? Nothing against. So me personally, I just think it's weird when people adopt other races, yes. right? And I just seen a story where like a white lady had black embryos and. Planning in her, so her kids that she gave birth to are black, and she has an older white child. I just think stuff like that a little it'll, weird. No, it don't because it'll it's cultural up. differences. It's yeah. not. It's not race differences. It's cultural differences yeah. that they just not go understand because people go look and be like. No, this is them, them her real kids. Like she yeah. really had embryos and they really black children, mm-hmm. but she like white and people never go believe that. Nah, nah, She's nah. going to have to explain that every single time. Yeah. And that's going to affect them. Well, it yeah. does. I you mean, you're not only talking about, about about embryos, but I mean, I'm talking about epigenetics. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there are things that that have I've missed completely within yeah. my culture, you know. So I right. honestly, I would I would tend to almost agree that that I don't feel like different races should adopt different races right, yeah. because it just confuses Confuse, you. Confused, right. Completely. And, right. I, I've had identity issues my whole entire life, right. you know? So, for example, what's the religion in Korea? I don't even know. You I don't see know what nothing. I'm saying? I don't know nothing about right. culture. And then it's like, <laughs> I don't. And, 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 a, and a, for some reason, a Korean will look down on you for that and exactly. it's not, it, like, exactly. I, it's not even my fault. I had nothing it. to do <laughs> exactly. to get here. Like, No, it's wild, which is so crazy too because growing up, you know, white people didn't accept me. I was right. I was Chinese. I was, right, that's the, what I'm saying. Yeah. The Asian girl. You probably heard some wicked racial slurs. Listen, <laughs> yeah, yes. that's what I was about to say. Because yes. we went to school with white people so like, the word nigger doesn't offend me, right? Because that's not the worst thing I've been called. But I've been called a moon cricket mm. and a porch monkey 
like and it's like that make, as kids, kids yeah. by adults yeah. so you like what is it yeah. you know what i'm saying I so i can imagine I no it was it was real crazy but you know what black people always accepted me which is yeah. why i always tended to to hang out with more black people because right. asian people didn't accept me i wasn't asian enough and i wasn't white enough you know right but black people did accept me throughout yeah. my whole life usually yeah. until right. my, the my, girls we know we, yeah. we, we, we know mean, we know we know where the acceptance stops yeah. well you know what <laughs> not even that because my best friends are black but it's like I'm seeing it now in my relationship because I've just never had this before. And it's like I'm I'm with, you know, a black person yeah. and he's, you know, well known. So I get these comments and it's like Oh yeah, they wow. probably dragging the shit out of you. Listen, oh. but that's so crazy because listen, because Detroit likes me. You know, yeah. I, I've never see, had no that, problem in Detroit. That's why I never do that because you never know like on the outside looking in, right? They just see like, oh, here go another rich nigga with some motherfucker who not black. And yeah. then it's like, but if you knew about that person, right. you wouldn't even say that. Yeah, you yeah. feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you knew that, you wouldn't even say that. Right. Because I even with dating outside your race, right, I always know that's circumstantial. And what I mean by this is when we went to school with white people, we went to school in Taylor. Yeah. Right. All the black women we've been with growing up, we don't even look at them in that type of way because it's like, I've known you since the fifth grade. Like, I'm going to protect you if one of these white boys say something. And if they if some white girls, I'm not going to let them jump you. I don't even look at you romantically. I, I might end up with a white chick. Mm. So I said, like, that's one thing I just knew. Like, I'm because I went to school in Taylor, like, I won't have a, a white baby mom because that's a stigma and, like, uh, a stereotype. Like, niggas go to school in Taylor and end up with white women. Yeah. So I'm like, I ain't even going to school in Taylor no yeah. more. But it's circumstantial because that could have actually happened because yeah. the black people around us, we look like it's We family. know them, yeah. We're looking you at them as family. Saying? And it's the yeah. same thing with you. It's like... I couldn't even date an Asian if an Asian was available. He wouldn't like me yeah, because yeah. you not mm-hmm. to me. You, he like you. You mean Liz who hang out with the black guys? Something else that was interesting though. You always had like a big heart. You were a volunteer at a very young age. Like, yeah. what made you say, "Hey, I want to go help out"? Um, no. To be honest, my parents used to force me into like that type of stuff. <laughs> Literally, I was yeah. volunteering when I was like five and six years old. You yeah. know, I feed the homeless on the weekends and stuff, and so they had me in that very early. But what really changed me was um i took a trip to montemoris mexico when i was a freshman in high school for my spring break and we helped build orphanages for the kids over there and just being intertwined with those kids and seeing their reactions and how grateful they really are you know it changed me it always that that changed me so ever since then i've really been trying to help you know underprivileged children because children are our future and how did you get into the uh Entertainment, because like we said, we knew you from seeing you at St. Andrews and stuff (laughs) like that, which was lifetimes ago for everybody sitting down you know what yeah. i'm saying but what made you want to get it's into so entertainment crazy that y'all bring that up because <laughs> that's what that's what started me modeling so i was walking out of elysium one night yeah. and um i was 18 19 years old or something i used to always get in get in the places um and dj k nice i don't know if you guys know him but dj k nice was like oh my god who are you do you want to present these awards <laughs> the detroit hip-hop awards i'm like hell yeah so that's that started everything oh and word just, up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and you went on to do some big things in entertainment like yeah, so yeah, what was your first movie that you was in um the first one goodness i think it might have been five-year engagement um that might have been the first one maybe it was a couple things around detroit you remember when detroit had the movie credits yeah yeah, yeah the tax credits here so they, they filmed a ton here street kings 2 vamps um detroit 187 that was a tv show oh, yeah i remember that I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah yeah so there was a bunch they filmed here so i did a lot of that stuff and then um in la you know, it was. I did a lot of music videos and yeah. magazines, and I hosted parties. I was I was a host in Hollywood all all the time, which was fun. But um, that seems short lived though, because next thing you know, boom, you in school, you business marketing, and how did you become a chef? Like, well, how did, <laughs> so random. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like, life. so even during when I was in the entertainment business, when I was modeling and acting, I still we I would drive places. So we filmed a movie out in Arizona, and I just drove from LA. I basically lived on my car. So I had my laptop, and I had the little plug-in wireless thingy because you know back in the day we didn't yeah, have yeah. hotspots and all that. So I used to just um, go to college and do the business and marketing, you know, my classes while I would be driving. You know, I'd have my girlfriend drive, and I just do the work on the way to the classes so i mean i was in business and marketing while i was in entertainment at the same time and then when i moved to um louisiana because they had movie tax credits down there 
Um, I wanted to do movies out there, but I got into a big fight with my boyfriend. He was the, you know, the casting person for the movie. So obviously that didn't work out. But I found my love for cooking down there. And I started learning how to make Creole and just like it was really, really awesome. So um, I found that I loved it. And I just when I moved back to Michigan, I was like, I want to go to school and. Do now, this. what are your parents thinking this whole time? Because they like well, you. Do you still, do you keep, still in contact keep in contact? Yeah, my mom. Okay. So my mom is like my best friend. Okay. Um, she's okay. my rock. Yeah. No, she, I honestly didn't talk to them for a couple years. My dad passed away when I was 19. And my mom, it, it was kind of just real spotty during these times. You know, I didn't really talk to her too much yeah, right, right. throughout all this. I was just on the grind, you know, yeah, <laughs> I was just doing everything. But y'all good now. Y'all yeah, good yeah, now. that's my rock. Yeah, I love her. Okay, so you uh, you doing the cooking, you you on the Dean's list and all of that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So. I was really good. I, I've gotten into cooking and pastry. You know, pastry is a little different than cooking. Yeah, um, break that down so, so people can understand. Yeah, so, I mean... I was first getting trained in classic French gourmet style cooking, right? That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, really, you know, hearty foods and stuff. Um, I liked it, but I found that I liked the exact measurements of pastry and baking. So you can't mess up. You can't just eye something when you're adding ingredients. You have to like measure things and it's kind of sciencey and mathy. So I, I just, I don't know. I was always really, really very exact and detail oriented. So it really fit my personality really well. And what's your favorite thing to bake? Um, let me see here. I just like really, I like making plated desserts with a bunch of different elements and just more like the visual. I love making yeah. really pretty, pretty stuff. Now listen, when you start dating a nigga, right, do you tell him <laughs> that you could cook and all of this shit like this? You don't tell him, right? They not, just, they just, you, right. they come to the crib one day and it's a plated dessert. They like, oh shit, like where you order this from? Yeah. Type of shit. Yeah. No, I dope. made something last Thanksgiving. I made this um, lemon, lemon meringue ice cream pie. Yeah. And <laughs> they were all tripping out. They were like, what the hell? Like I'm like firing it. And it goes in the meringue <laughs> in the top. They're like, uh, okay. Like, cool. I, yeah, like, how did you learn that? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, again, you go into another venture and you stagger into real estate somehow. And I, so I heard you say on a podcast that it's your network. Like, whatever you do, you just got this, uh, a, a network of yeah. people and whatever you do. Yeah. This is what Liz doing right now. Because obviously anybody who know you, they don't be surprised to hear you doing. <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah. so when you get into real estate, like, did you did you have a love for it? What made what makes you jump into these things? Are you, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Because like. It's just random. It's so random. Yeah. Um, it was my ex, actually. Um, he was a real estate investor. So he owned a bunch of properties. So I was doing it really so we could flip homes and I could keep the we could keep the extra six percent, you know, yeah. from the sales or three percent. Um and then I found out I really liked it. Um so I just I, I don't know, I really liked it. So I really dove head first into it. I quit the culinary industry because it was killing me. And really, um, yeah, I dove into real estate heavy. Right. And then it says you have a track record of opening the most offices in the shortest time. Oh, opening yeah. the most offices for what what it what so, company if you could say? So it was the Michigan Democratic Party. So the Michigan Democratic Party hired me as their specific their only real estate agent. Okay. So I found them I think forty offices around the state of Michigan within like, I don't know, it was the shortest period of time. I broke campaign records and all this stuff. So. Did you get a plaque for this? Like, <laughs> like how nah, was it? Nah, but they, they, they did hook me up with a lot of different stuff. So I, I, I really made a ton of political connections um, yeah. doing that. You know, I was at all the parties and, you know, everybody knew me and stuff. So Right, yeah. right. And mm-hmm. I think that's so dope because, like, that's just how the world works. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I might know you from here and then I see you at uh, a party like that and it's like, if I'm here and I know how I got here, they had to do something to get here. Yeah. I'm happy I know that person. Let's build on that relationship. Right. It's all you know about networking. It's, it's all, all about building relationships. Yeah. And, and it don't help. I mean, and it help a lot when you, I, you see people you think you know in yeah. different rooms. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because like some like I the first time I seen you, like I said, was at St. Andrews. But then when I seen you, uh, when you was the person assisted, and this is years later. I said she's a mover and a shaker, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Like she's a mover and a shaker, bro. Like these are one of the type of people you want to know because it could be anything. Like, hey, I'm in, I'm in Florida. You know where I can go for this. You right. know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what me and my brother, uh, how we like know a lot of the people. You know what I'm saying? Because like. 
people who I know a good fit for things, like I specifically tailor stuff for them. Like uh, I got a lady who was once my protege when I was in fashion doing it really large in Atlanta. And I just watch her from afar, but I know like the first time she really got her feet wet is because I was like, hey, you are from New York. This opportunity is in New York in the summer. You need to look into this. And it went, she went and it worked for her. So wow. we always got that love because I'm like, yo, no, you young, you, you, you nice looking. This is an opportunity in Queens. You from Brooklyn, go back home for the yeah. summer. And now she in Atlanta killing shit. Wow. And I just watch her from afar and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that. But it's the same thing. Her best friend at the time, mm. she was like, yo, I'm thinking about moving. I'm like, well, you do hearing shit. You might want to go to Vegas because we never heard of like black women who do hearing who popping in Vegas. Now she out right. there popping. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, I just love doing <laughs> shit like that. You right, know what right. I'm right. Yeah, no, it's important. It's important. So when did you begin your mental health journey? Because that, that's, that's the focus and it's really important that we stay on that because like mental health is a hot issue now but like yeah. I got mental health issues because everybody do but they, so when you know that and you dealing with the shit and then it become popular you kind of like ah oh, damn like you don't you don't want to fall into you don't want to fall right. into that so right. like even I, I go to a therapist um a couple times a month, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, I, right now, I'm taking off because I want to deal with shit mentally myself because I don't want, what if my therapist die? You know you know what I'm oh, saying? Or something yeah. like that. Like You don't want to feel like you depend. Yeah, on I don't want to feel like I'm dependent on her. So I'm like, yo, I'll get back with you in a couple months. Yeah. And then you tell me where you think I'm at now that you ain't talking to me every right, week. Right, right. So when did you start, it, start to realize like that you had certain uh, issues and that you <laughs> start to deal with them? Um, well, I, I know I knew I had issues back when I was in seventh grade, you know, I was depressed in school and I remember my seventh grade teacher would let me sleep in her classroom because she knew what was going on with me and my family and just I had some crazy stuff going on at the time. So I knew I had issues from back then. Yeah. Um, but I actually requested for my parents to see a therapist when I was 13 years old. Okay. Um, so let me see here. Fast forward 19, I brain trained for the first time yeah. and that changed my whole thought process about, you know, mental completely just because it brought me out of the fog that I was in. Yeah. It brought me just back to a, a sense of, you know, I, my body had a sense of homeostasis. Finally, after all these years, of, right, right, right. you know, all these things, these drugs, this alcohol, this, these emotions, you know, um, I felt kind of normal for the first time. So that's kind of where I took on modalities like holistic yeah. modalities i'm like well there, there are things out here that can make me feel better so through ever since i was 19 i would always brain train i would always you now, know, how did you get up on the brain training like what how did you even know that that was available so my best friend rest in peace um i was living at his house at the time and his neighbor um his neighbor had a brain training unit at the house no no, no at his office oh, at, office, like at office. super genius he ain't never yeah, he always focused I, yeah. I have one in my house now okay, okay. for real because it's, it's that serious but um no so i started back then i got put on i actually went that same evening that i met his neighbor and it just changed my whole life um so that's where i dove into the modalities but when i got serious about everything was really after my son was born um, I really started knowing that I needed to be healthy and not, you know, take risks anymore because I was yeah. always in the streets. Um, yeah. Just knowing that I didn't want him to be put in foster care or something, you know. So I, so you would say that was actually the, the turning point in your life? Probably, yes. Um, yes, as in the the stuff, you know, me being in the streets because I used to be in the streets a lot. I'm not anymore and I haven't been since he was born. Um, yeah, but as far how as... He? He's nine, nine now. Yeah, yeah. damn, it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I gave up the drugs and alcohol back um, five, six years ago now. Now, when you say drugs, because, like, what type of drugs are we talking? Because you could be yeah. talking about weed and right. motherfuckers. Yeah. You yeah. say drugs, you know what I'm saying? Because I've never done mushrooms, right? And I still have it. Because oh, the first, yeah. I, I'm still. I, I did some, though, oh, since we. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. Therapeutic. So the thing when I did the mushrooms, though, is that I bought them from my dog at work, and he ain't really tell me no do's or don'ts he just sold them to me and i'm telling him i never took mushrooms and he's like here take it and i'm like so i, I had this to research and found out how i was supposed to be okay. fit you know what i'm saying but it was afterwards that's because he ain't telling me yeah, like, yeah, so the tripping? first time i took them I, I i take some but i'm still smoking and drinking i'm not even knowing that i shouldn't do that because i'm waiting on the mushroom high uh -huh. so when the high kick in 
my wife had stayed at the crib. We sent our daughter away in case shit got crazy, but she didn't take none though. You know what I'm saying? So I'm. She I'm should have taped this though. I don't okay. know why she did. I'm at the crib and I got two bathrooms and I'm in they bathroom pissing and the room starts spinning right, but I'm like. The room is spinning, and I'm, like, tilted in my head on course with the room spinning. So I don't piss on the toilet or nothing. And when I walk out the bathroom, I'm walking like the house is spinning. And she's looking at me, and she's like, yo, it, it got to be kicking in because she's like, you're walking like a perfect line, but you're to the side. Like, so I was, yo, hey. But I felt good though, like. But yeah. I'm like, but now I'm like, oh, if you weigh this much, you should oh, take this medicine, much. Yeah. Just, you know it's, what I'm saying? Like, the mushrooms are medicine. Yeah, it, yeah. So, yeah. so, but back to what you were saying when you say drugs, or you on like real drugs, like heavy drugs type yeah. of stuff. You know. Well, what I'm I saying? mean, off and on, you know, off and on throughout my whole entire life, it was pills or, or you know, coke or you know stuff like that. I never did heroin or, or crack. Yeah, yeah. It was pills. So the thing yeah. with cocaine, <laughs> uh, like using cocaine, like we always say, like. We never use cocaine because what if we liked it? Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, what if I liked the way you like that coffee? Makes me feel? No, I don't. No, you but, probably wouldn't like it then. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you but see we got addictive behavior, though. So we already know our, like, our behavior is addictive. Yeah, so yeah. if we like so like podcasting, we've been doing this for so long. Mm -hmm. We used to try to get people to come on and they wouldn't have a clue what we was talking about. Fast forward years later, now them people like, hey, y'all want to come do our podcast? And we like, we was trying to tell y'all, yeah. but we'd be addicted to shit. So we knew like coke yeah. or any drug, like we never pop it. Same reason. What if we like this shit, dog? Because my father is an addict, too. Oh, yeah. So we already like, yo, yeah. and he liked that shit. Like, you know what well, he was? He's a former addict. Mm -hmm. But so we knew that the behavior was there. Yeah, yeah. So you you had your son, you out the streets, you off the drugs, and you more focused on health yeah, yeah. overall. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So during that health journey, you, you brain training and you take a shot at the mental health gym. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now. How instrumental were you with the growth of that? Because we could, we know you from that too, so we could talk. You know yeah, what I'm saying? How yeah, instrumental yeah. were you yeah. with the growth of that? Because it it's taken off, but I still don't think people understand it because it's a mental health gym. Yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. the number one reason why people don't understand it because the word gym yeah. is in, in it. it. Right. But it's right. like, yo, this is so needed. Like yeah. this is what you. It don't matter whatever you dealing with in life. This is what you need. How you say the brain training. Yeah, yeah. Changed your. This is what how I've been yearning to feel. It never came from alcohol. It never mm -hmm. came from drugs. It never came from another person. Yeah. No matter what, like yeah, friend. Yeah. Right. lover nothing it mm -hmm. came from, from me sitting here mm -hmm. and my brain being retrained yep. you know what I'm saying yeah no that was, it's, it's real it's real um I mean I, I think that the the mental health gym I mean that was a big big step up from just learning about mental health in general and learning about all the different things that you can do to help your mental health mm -hmm. um the growth of it I feel like I was a really big part of the growth um you know I just I brought a lot of connections to there because of throughout, you know, entertainment, modeling, acting. You got the network. Everywhere. I mean, <laughs> political connections. I got I got chefs everywhere. You know, I got I got a lot of a lot of connections. So I just kind of plugged, you know, my connections in with with everything. And I hope that they're doing well. I mean, it's really yeah. it works. You know, it people, that's what I'm about to say. It, it like like every time I've been, I'm not going to act like it worked. It, I, I walk you. You're going to walk out feeling a thousand times different. Yeah. Not better yet because mm -hmm. we don't know what your better is. Right, right, but right. you're definitely going to be on track to to knowing that something is different. Yeah, well, it's addressing. It, it's yeah. addressing yourself. See, people are so stuffed up these days because we're just so busy. You know, yeah, yeah. people are so busy they can't even take five minutes to meditate to sit quietly. You know what I mean? And that, People that, can't even take five minutes away from their phone. Like, I do Sunday dinner with my wife and my daughter, no matter what we're going through as a family or whatever, yeah. and there's no phones. Mm -hmm. There's no devices. Well, it's, yeah, at my dinner table, is no devices. There's no devices. We eating dinner at the family, table. There's mm -hmm. no devices. And I try to, uh, and at least once a week, we eat dinner at the table. If mm -hmm. I... When I'm available to do it every all the time, like, oh, no, we eat dinner at the table like that because I told my daughter, well, that's how I get to know you. Yeah, that's how I get to know when you're lying. That's how I get to know if you sad, if you might. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she grasping it now because when Sunday comes, she like, oh, well, I pay for dinner. She five years old. But oh. she she like, oh, it's my turn to pay for dinner or I yeah. help cook or whatever. So you do the mental health training. You, you get yourself together and then you connect with forbidden knowledge mm -hmm. and that just take 
everything you doing to like a whole nother level like yeah i see you in egypt i see i see you all across <laughs> yeah. the world like yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying so it's only right that you end up in korea like you know what <laughs> yeah, i'm saying no. so what well, before we even get to that like how was it easy to make a decision saying i'm ready to go back to korea now you know what i i've been wanting to and honestly i was on the phone with billy and i'm talking to him and i'm just like yeah you know it'd be really cool if i you know got to go back to korea at some point and after i said that while i was telling him how cool it would be he was booking the trip so right (laughs) because i feel like he feel like he wants to see you be the best version of you and he know how much you need that Mm -hmm. like it's cool to go to egypt and shit but you know what i'm saying your connection with egypt ain't because right. you know what I'm saying, like yeah, black, yeah. black, black's connection with Egypt is because we know that this is in Africa, and because it's the most talked about country throughout history, yeah. we know it's been whitewashed. Mm-hmm. So people got to get there and see it. Oh yeah, you know no, you I'm have saying? to, you, like, you have gotta, to. It has been whitewashed, and yeah. it's it's crazy. I mean, you can see all these different races. It's, it's different races have ruled Egypt over time. It's right. always been different. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you have to go over there. It's just, I mean, <laughs> it's real history. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Our uh, our former next door neighbor actually moved. It. They uh, they Muslims, and they he um he took his family to Egypt. Like after her mom passed away. He just they the family went to Egypt and the, the, the kids know different languages. They playing mm-hmm. soccer. They ready for the world. It's a, like the, right now the United States is not preparing its uh, its future for the world to uh, to to to, to uh, compete. Yeah, it, it's not gonna be able to compete in the world. And the only way, like you look, like I think kids should go to school all year. Mm-hmm. I do because nobody else that they got to work against is stopping going to school while mm-hmm. they they age. Nobody mm-hmm. else cares about Christmas break and all of that. Like so, but. You connect with um, forbidden knowledge, and then it just take you on a different trajectory. Like so, yeah. Yeah. even with the podcast, y'all got to biohack your life. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, biohack your best life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> it'd be a lot of important information on that, and like it, it, it get a bunch of views. It get a bunch of. I'm an internet nigga. I read the comment. That's mm-hmm. what I mean when I say because when niggas hear that, I mean like I really engage with the. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm the type of person that engage is like somebody might be like, well that can't be true because blah blah blah, and I'd be like, oh I could tell you never applied it because I applied it after I met him and I know it's true. Like you know you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And when I because I think people think everything they see on the internet is is a, a gimmick scam. or a yeah. scam. Like you know what I'm saying? And it's like. So we speak about forbidden knowledge specifically. And when we had our episode with him and learning that he the same thing you're doing. I'm just applying everything that I've been doing to what I want to do. Mm. And that's what's going to work best for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't you, you wasn't supposed to be the number one pastry chef in the world because you just said when you spoke about it at the end of that, when you capped it, you said, I quit that. It was killing me. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it don't matter if you would have been the mm-hmm. best chef. You wouldn't. We might not know you because you might have dropped right. dead literally in the right. Bacon exactly. because this not what I love, but mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. getting me to where I got to go. Uh, yep. What you are and what Billy are Billy is to me is a perfect example of you do everything how you do one thing. Mm-hmm. You you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna walk out the club and next thing you know I got a, a career in entertainment. Just because once I get involved, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna be on the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you. So like, so ever since uh, you introduced us to Billy and, and we really got to meet him and like it wasn't us watching him on the internet because we was mm-hmm. tuned in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he always the live in abundance. So every mm-hmm. morning I wake up, I say I don't even call it affirmations. I just set my mind state and I mm-hmm. tell my daughter to do the same thing. And every day. The last two things we say before we leave each other, best day of my life, live in abundance. Mm. And she like, well, what does that mean? I say, whatever you're supposed to have is going to be abundant. Today, you might need an abundance of money. Tomorrow, you might need an abundance of love. Yeah. The day after that, you might need an abundance of this, this. Mm. I'm not asking for nothing. I just need it to be in abundance for whatever I need for That's the day. That's beautiful. And, and that mindset, Training like, her. Yes. yeah, and that mindset really works. It's like, because I, yeah. I say it. It's not me just seeing it. I say it. So I say, mm-hmm. live in hey, abundance. Hey, you believe it and i believe it I, I can't help but to believe it because i'm saying it to my daughter every day living right. abundance right. so it be days i smoke an abundance of weed uh-huh. uh, you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, i must have yeah. needed it that day right, like, right and right. that's what i tell her i said you're not looking for a specific thing when you say that mm-hmm. you just know 
that day you go get that. Yeah, you know whatever what I'm you saying? need. Right, whatever you need. That's that's great. I'm so let's you. talk about the uh, the actual podcast that y'all got because uh-huh. I like it. I like all like I like how it be different topics and different yeah. episodes. So yeah. whose idea was that? Um, that was my idea. That was my idea. I was gonna do biohack your best life. Um, it just came to me like a download one day. We were eating breakfast, and I'm like, huh, biohack your sex life. It came up. Yeah. Biohack your sex life was the first one. I was like, that's too. You know, I didn't want to make every single episode about, about sex. That, yeah. so I was like, why don't we do one biohack your sex life with three biohack your best lives? You know, so and, yeah. one per month. You know, um, but yeah, that came up with that idea, and I just asked them to be my my um co-host with it because I used to have a a podcast with um with inception you know i was on the inner wealth podcast so it, it felt more comfortable for me to have a co-host, co-host that i could yeah. just bounce back and forth ideas with so so you didn't want to bring a woman into that you know what no no i just had really good you know i felt like billy could really um because he's a veteran value. at talking on yeah, the thing and he knows about some, a lot of the stuff that i know about too yeah. you know i needed somebody just to, to be involved you know super involved i knew he would be yeah that's dope so let's talk about uh the book so you have your uh this is your first book right yes okay yes. so uh mm-hmm. let's talk about the book the recipe to evaluate to elevate evaluate, it. excuse me elevated consciousness yes i i was talking to somebody about the word consciousness and 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 how crazy that looks like that doesn't say anything <laughs> <though>. <laughs> like that word doesn't say, look like it say anything yeah just look it, it, look, it, crazy. it, it look crazy <laughs> like yeah cuz my again my daughter's in kindergarten and she's uh-huh. doing really well and she was asking me about learning and stuff and i told her like no matter what i learned i had really a really hard time spelling yeah. and his daughter is like excellent at spelling you oh, know what wow. i'm saying yeah, my Youngest, yeah. yeah well, so I'm my oldest too, but my youngest. But I'm like, I really had a hard time spelling because I was trying. Because she, uh, she was having a hard time writing, and um, I watched her have a bad grade in writing. I watched her practice. I helped her and all that, and I watched her get a take her a C minus to a B plus or whatever. Uh-huh. And I was explaining to her like, that's how you know. That's yeah. how you know you trying your hardest. I watched you do it, mm. and I was. She was like, well, what did you have trouble with? And I was like, spelling. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. spell for shit because I just see shit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. Right. So let's talk about yeah. the book. Yeah, you know, I, um, well, Billy actually inspired me to write it because when I first, you know, when he first met me, he's like, your life is crazy. You know, people got to know. The most interesting (laughs) person. See, we're not the only one. People got to know about what you got going on. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we kind of just put it in motion. The first half is an interview with Regina Meredith and myself. She kind of gets my life story out of, out of just the interview. So we transcribe that and put it in as the first part of the book. And then the second half of the book is 46 different alternative remedies, holistic modalities that help your, your physical mind, body, and soul. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, could you explain what a modality is? A modality is a, um, you know, any type of, of therapy really that, that, helps you optimize your mind body soul okay Mm -hmm. um so i mean i've done over probably 60 70 at this point in my life so um i put uh, the bulk of them in there my favorite ones um and then i put the research behind it some links some qr codes in case anyone's interested in you know ordering any of the stuff that i put in there um but it's literally my recipe about of how i elevated my own consciousness like i got out of addiction depression anxiety so basically a how-to guide that worked for me. I yeah. know these things yes. work and yeah. they work for me. Mm-hmm. And um, how has the book been uh, being received? It's been, I mean, a lot of orders have been, you know, we've sold a lot so far. Um, so I haven't gotten too much feedback. I mean, I've gotten probably about, I don't know, six people's feedback so far. And it's all been really, really beautiful and great. And I honestly, like, I have some some world-renowned doctors that left me reviews, you know, that, right, that right. you know, re- did reviewed my book for me. So, I mean, it's pretty, I feel pretty honored and grateful for that, you know, that they stamped their approval on it. So so what, what would you say the writing process was like for you? with Because this style of book, this sounds like that this is a bio and then... Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. It's like a bio with, like, like is in real time, so to speak, because yeah. of how close things are happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when you did the interview, who, who did, who conducted the Regina interview? Regina Meredith. She's an award-winning journalist. She's amazing. Regina. So when you were doing the interview, was it specifically for the book or was it like, I don't even know what I'm going to use this for yet? Um, it was, it was for the book, but it was also for, um, forbidden knowledge TV. So okay. we're going to air the whole interview on, on forbidden knowledge, um, TV. Okay. So. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's kind of how I, cause I, 
I was starting to try to figure out how I was going to write my story. And I'm like, this is hard, you know. So Billy suggested that I transcribe it. And so I would be sitting, you know, meditating. And then I, you know, have my phone and voice recorder and try to transcribe stuff. And I'm yeah, like, that's what not I, yeah. working. Because <laughs> that's what I tell everybody. Because, like, um, I write urban fantasies or I write children's books, but mm-hmm. anything outside of that, like if I write anything that's close to urban fiction or whatever, yeah. it's really based on something or uh-huh. something. They are real events. It's just, so I tell people like, hey, just talking to a tape recorder and never start with the beginning. Yeah. You can't start with, I was born May 22nd, 1982, <laughs> because you go forget so much. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I know when you was born. I can ask you your birthday anytime. Yeah. Talk to me about this. Just talk. Don't even right. talk to me. Just tell the memories. And then, yeah. Exactly. Me being an author, I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to say, hey, uh, are we telling it? Are we being straightforward or yeah. do we need to change names and right. dates? So people and once I know that, then I could get the pen going. But by you saying that you're transcribing it, I get what you're coming. Yeah, from, that's, that makes it a lot less, you know, scary to take on. You know, yeah. anyone that wants to write a book, you should you should, you know, voice note it, transcribe yeah. it. You yeah. know, it's way, way easier that way. <laughs> so like what's what because this is semi autobiographical, correct? Yeah. What did you have to relive that kind of m- might have made you like a uh, trigger? Because even mm-hmm. though you work on your mental health, you still are triggered by things. See, there's something interesting about that. So, so trauma, when trauma happens in your body, right, and you don't fully process it during the time that it happens, that's where your triggers come from. So when you have an emotional charge and you're thinking of something that has happened to you and you're emotionally charged about it, that means your body or your mind has not physically or mentally processed that memory, processed that trauma. Right. So when you do the body work when you do the holistic modalities when you do this work the shadow work on yourself that's processing all of that trauma out of your your energetic field and out of your body so it won't you won't have an attachment to a mental and emotional charge anymore you know so i talked about a lot of stuff that usually someone would break down for you know right, but it, you could just do it with such I could, ease yeah now. yeah but yeah. you know what i noticed when she was interviewing me about when my best friend got killed I started like tearing up. I had to stop myself. I was about to start sobbing, you know. So I figured out, wow, I have not processed that. that yeah, okay. So anything that affects you, you still yes. haven't processed. Yeah, you just right. haven't processed because oh, your yeah. cells hold on to every single memory, every single event that you ever lived. Yeah. Your cells hold on to that memory. Your brain takes in everything, even if you don't consciously know that it's taking right. it in. It records it. It's right. in because people don't understand how much of their brain, the, how much of the brain we actually don't even use. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what stuff mm-hmm. like mushrooms actually do they unlock yeah, that stuff yeah. like so that's why i'm not afraid to use natural drugs mm-hmm. now like now that i'm like looking at myself i'm getting yeah. older i'm like yeah i could see myself like doing some mushrooms or mm-hmm. what's the shit that uh mike tyson will be talking about bufo oh, oh no ayahuasca uh, 5-meo dmt yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. that shit don't scare me like because yeah. i want to expand my brain power and all of that mm-hmm. because is so being an author I tell my daughter it's two movies that you can watch and you go know about the life of an author you go watch Limitless or you go watch Misery because mm. mm. in Limitless he was an author and yeah. in Misery that nigga was an author too <laughs> so if I gotta pick I'm oh, gonna go Limitless, limitless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. and Limitless he was expanding his mind with the uh, with the drugs and now, mushrooms does do that it, it yeah. does do that it creates more neural pathways in your brain so I mean it really is a therapy I just gotta find out how to use them right the listen, right listen I had a breakthrough on mushrooms like I had the most beautiful experience I've ever had my whole life on mushrooms most yeah. therapeutic yeah. most healing yeah. like now, it, how much of what you actually eat goes into your mental health i don't think very much at all i mean obviously it's going to affect you because it's affecting how your physical body is is reacting to the outer stimulus the outer yeah. world you know i mean different hormones get get released during different times and react to different things which can make you feel different you know yeah. so it, it does add to it but at the same time i mean there's you gotta address your trauma. That's 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 main. the number one that's, thing. That's the right? main thing. And that's what I was gonna say, uh, when you said like the only thing that really uh came back up that you thought about was when your best friend passed away. Mm-hmm. And is that because you still haven't processed it? Like I don't think people ever process death because it's such an intricate thing, right? Yeah. So think about this, right? Because me and my wife talk about this all the time. Like mm-hmm. You here today, like I had COVID really bad, right? I, not really bad. I, it went from regular, mild to severe really quickly. Yeah, yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Me too. Yeah, you feel what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> and like me too. So I was in the hospital, but I wasn't on a ventilator. But mm. like I, we didn't tell nobody because this is how I, pro- I process. I can only go through how I process. I process death like 
I disconnect if I think if I know you sick because mm-hmm. I know it's it's coming pretty soon. Yeah, so yeah. if I can disconnect from you right now, yeah. I might not take it that hard. Now that don't mean I don't love you or nothing, but it just means that's that's how I process it, and everybody right. different because that's the that's the weirdest thing in the world. Like. I just was right there with somebody. Yeah, like you're not, you're not. right, and then the world doesn't stop. See, like, 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 like people who never actually like, like we we, if you from the hood or whatever, you drive past the murder scene or whatever, like that's still going around. That person just stopped, mm-hmm. so everything else mm-hmm. is moving, and I think people don't process it. Well, I can't say, but I've seen people not understand that that person is gone. Yeah. Shit don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like, yeah. shit is not like going to stop. Like, depending on who you are, you still, no matter who that person is, you still go have to get up and go to work tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You feel what I'm saying? And, that, and, and, it, and it never feel with me anytime somebody who close to me died, because I used to work in retail, so I seen, like, I see so many faces in passing. It never fell. If I knew you and, like, had a connection with you, mm-hmm. if you passed away, the next day at work, I seen someone who looked just like wow. you. Wow. Never fail me. Wow. That happened Even to me with too. my grandma. Like you feel what I'm saying? Like now, oh, I worked at, at Puffery as a really older ladies don't come in here. The next day, wow. I went to work. I seen a lady who looked and reminded me of my right. grandma, and she was a mean old lady. You know, oh, what I'm man. Saying? Oh, <laughs> man. but it, it just was like, damn, like this yeah. really happened every mm-hmm. single time. So, so knowing everything you know and knowing that you didn't. Um, Fully process that. Like, did you start to? That's yeah, did you, that, yeah. Did you start to try to process that, or not fully? Pro- did you start to look at it different and try to process it different? Yeah, you know, it just it made me kind of look at that situation, that instance more. But to be very transparent, I've just I have not really gone and visited that place just yet. Um, cause that's going to take some work because I can yeah. tell, you know, I've done so much work, honestly, my dad died. And so usually when I, during his death though, I, I process, I, I, my body at least processed it. So when I talk about him, I don't really have too much of an emotional right. charge there, but when my best friend died, I was high on coke. I was drunk. I like spoke at his funeral. I was high. I just was completely out of there because I, I was so in pain. You know yeah, that one yeah. was like the yeah. that that really really really. I mean, well, me you up. you definitely have the tools to uh to process it or yeah, whatever yeah, because yeah. that's the recipe mm-hmm, for the elevated mm-hmm. consciousness. I do, that, and I'll yeah. revisit. I'll revisit that for yeah. sure. Because like yeah, so, I, I, not to cut you off, but like when my my grandfather died in 1996, mm-hmm. and like I didn't process it until like four years ago when. Mm-hmm. I started therapy and mm-hmm. I started marriage counseling first and it, uh, the counselor was talking and I just like bust out crying in yeah. front of her. She's now my wife. Like I met like, and the lady was like, yo, you needed that. Cause I never thought yeah. about it, but it was little things that made me think about it afterwards. Like my, I, my grandfather been dead since 96. I haven't been to the front of my grandmother's house for more than 10 times since 1996. Oh, wow. Like, by her room, her bathroom, I could count on the, my my hand mm-hmm. how many times I even been in her room since mm-hmm. he died. Mm-hmm. So that was like, I didn't even think about it. And he was an auto worker, so certain times I could go over there, he wouldn't be there in no way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. But then I became an auto worker, and I'm coming in the house with pizza and stuff in the middle of the night like he used to do, yeah. and it was fucking me up. And then once I talked about it, because I wasn't recognizing none of that. Mm-hmm. Then I talked about it at therapy, and then it was like, like a whole different, like, oh, I really processed it like yeah. oh, okay yeah. bet like it just yeah. takes a little bit of that that you know ugh, yeah because you people away. don't even know like mm-hmm. they not processing it because yeah, they no, think that you're don't. supposed to be sad forever yeah you're supposed to cry forever mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. day they died or their birthday you yeah, supposed yeah. no like Stuff i'm not about to be different. sad on my partner birthday and he died yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. wasn't sad on his birthday when he right. was here so right. <laughs> yeah you know yeah. uh what i do too is i look at it from the perspective I, I'm at now. Cause you I can look back on your death. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I just be like, well damn, like uh if that was like we had a partner, he got killed, uh Robert Dunlap, that was my man ninety nine. But he they, they were in a fight and he was like really beating someone's ass. And I was like I could see somebody shooting somebody because they boy getting beat up. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's you how I process it. Like right. I, can, can I can understand, understand that. Right. It's not because it's my homie. Like like yeah. I'm saying. Like but that could have been anybody's home. That could have been me beating somebody up, or yeah. that could have been me shooting a nigga for beating my homie right. up. Right. Like right. so, it's not like. With because, plus, I don't look at death as the end. The, yeah, I don't right. look at it as the end. Because yeah. yeah. nobody ever came back and said it was over. So right. I, like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, plus, yeah. all the stories you hear religiligly is that's when it Oh, I've had that, past like, My dad visited me in, in yeah. my dream. Like, that was a, the most real experience I've ever yeah. had. See, I believe ever. in shit. I believe that, oh, like, came. it ain't no new souls. Mm-hmm. It's so... 
you came from somewhere yeah, like yeah. just this life you was from Korea made it to America exactly. and another life you could have been a queen in Africa <laughs> like you just so, uh, yeah, I, I believe that too and I was telling my wife this I said like uh I, this is why I believe this, right? Because I have really vivid memories, memories of from shit. different time periods. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can almost guarantee my wife that, like, uh, when we talk about Egypt and shit, that I lived in that time oh, period yeah. because I will have, like, really vivid memories of, like, just wild. Like, this is the one that I always remember. Like, we in a, it's like in the town and we at the, whatever the center of attention of a town is. And something big is happening because people are rushing to get out the way. And I always noticed this lady and she got like on like a, a plum robe. Uh -huh. But it's like, it's, it's, it's hot because the robe is like silk. We outside. Yeah. I can see these people. I can't see no faces though. Mm. And I, and people always, this is, is all, we always go back to this. I always go back to this same place. People are rushing to get out the way and yeah. it's a chariot coming uh -huh. through it's a horse and carriage just for people who don't know what a chariot is <laughs> because they've never been there they don't yeah, understand yeah. like i see this all the time mm. and i'm like why do i it don't that's matter i'm life. not, I'm not right it's, sure. i'm never sleep I, I, I even believe that like like people be together in past oh, lives no, like true. like i believe Absolutely. like why so, do you think that when you meet somebody new and then you can click with somebody yeah or you like don't click you, with yeah somebody, you know I, I, mean? I believe that i believe like bro like even with the man the, the shit that i be believing like nothing is unfamiliar mm -hmm. nothing be unfamiliar like mm -hmm. oh man and then certain shit that be going on i tell my wife like oh in order for that to work that gotta work and and you would never think that'll work and then that shit will happen and i'll be like oh mm -hmm. i've been seeing this shit this yeah. shit ain't nothing new and I think only a certain amount of people elevate and, and operate. Like, I know his niggas way more conscious than me, and I love to meet them type of people. So I don't never look down on nobody who not as conscious. I always approach, even with religion, I always say, well, yeah, I used to be a Muslim, and this is why I'm not no more. I used to be a Christian, and this is why I'm not no more. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you not to be, because, yeah. like, my daughter went to a funeral yesterday. She ain't go to the funeral. She went to the repast, and she's never been to church. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when her mama took her to church into the thing, she's like, well, what is this? She's like, a church. You know, they come here or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then my, my daughter, like, well, can we go to church regular? And I told her mama, I'm not taking her to church because yeah. I don't want to start to lie. Mm -hmm. You could take her. And then when she come back to me, I can start the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. So where can people get the book at? So people can find the book on Forbidden Knowledge with the number four, ForbiddenKnowledge.com or Elizabeth spelled with an S I Hookstra, H-O-E-K-S-T-R-A.com or they can go and buy it off Amazon. Right, right. And I would suggest that y'all buy it. Check it out. Mm -hmm. This is going I'm going to read. Well, you got it first. No, you can read it because I'm reading a book right now. OK, so I'm going to read this. Yeah, please let me know week. what you guys think. Yeah, too. yeah, definitely. Let me know definitely. Yeah. And uh, Antoine, if they want to contact you. Uh, TCE pod on Instagram and Twitter. TCE pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and just before we get out of here, uh, because we could talk for hours because we just you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but we go have you back. For when you start the uh, the second leg of the book tour, because it'll be all three of y'all. Yeah, yep, it'll be yeah. all three of us. So the mm -hmm. second leg of the book tour, so that's gonna be dope. Make sure you. Uh, and what we gonna do with that? We just gonna block y'all all the time off. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Time, like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we got a couple things. We ain't even get to the uh, to the icebreaker, but we gonna do that uh, next time. Oh, that'll be fun with yeah, three people. Too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Especially like a father and son. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be. Good. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. So uh, make sure you text me so I can put the. Uh, in the description I can put the uh the, the link to the yeah, book yeah, and everything sure. like mm -hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate you coming. Definitely, Thanks definitely so appreciate definitely you coming. One of the most interesting people. <laughs> like you. we know this real because like I said, I see I've been seeing you. I I I've been seeing you. <laughs> it's random and, yeah. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like dog, I know her, but I, I, I don't know you. We familiar, more familiar now, but yeah, I, I was, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And then when I said it, I'm like, dog, she was at the award. <laughs> You hilarious because we was that. there you know what i'm saying because wow. of, I, like i remember that like it was yesterday like yeah. that was the best award show detroit it was, ever had man. oh my god it was yeah, dope that was, it was that super was. everybody was there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that was a yeah, yeah. and Juan yeah. and kd kds he dominated that bitch yeah. Yeah. but he yeah. should because yeah. he was on fire that year he was that year that's when he was hot yeah he was on fire so i was like that that's accurate that's why i like that that was accurate speaking of Juan, since we got you on air could you bring street lord Juan to the show I'll, I'll talk to him. Because <laughs> different people have mentioned the show to him because yeah. we know it. But uh -huh. like, if so many people keep mentioning the shit, uh -huh. we know how it works. So if you could, <laughs> yeah, could you I'm put a word in? Hey, dog, man. come through this motherfucker. All right. Yeah. So if they want to find you on social media, um, at Elizabeth spelled with an S I Hookstra H O E K S T R A. You right. definitely had to spell that last name. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they would yeah. not again. Yeah. AJ Antoine. I'm Antoine. I'm Santoine. I want for my brother what I want for myself. <laughs>